This is the Daily Planet Special News Bulletin. Lois and Clark is our jam. We're talking about Terry Dean and Superman. We'll cover it all, at least we'll do what we can. And now it's time for the show. Welcome back to Lois and Clark. I'm Matt Truex, coming at you solo right now, just for the introduction, uh, but wanted to give a little fanfare for the interview you're about to hear. Ryan and I were lucky enough to sit down and talk with series composer Jay Gruska this week uh, about his work on the show. Um, Jay was so nice. Um, I emailed him about a month and a half ago or so to see if he was interested. He got back to me in like 20 minutes with a yes, let's make it happen. Um, and then scheduling and, and here you go. Um, I think this is a really cool interview. I think it's a really cool um, insight into a very specific part of the show uh, and maybe one that uh, even longtime fans don't know that much about. I, I learned a lot talking to Jay uh, about not just recording for this series, but for recording for television in general, um, how he got started. It just can't stress enough. Uh, very sweet guy. Um, so nice to take the time to talk with us. And, and I really think uh, think you'll enjoy the interview coming up here, guys. Um, just to, to let you know, uh, the way we recorded, uh, we kind of had like a private uh, chat open and we're waiting for Jay to jump in. So once we heard Jay's voice, we realized like, oh, okay, we're on. So uh, we kind of get like right into things and didn't even give him a proper introduction, but hope this counts and really hope you guys enjoy the interview. So without further ado, welcome back to Lois and Clark. Hey guys, how are you? So uh, this will be audio only? Yes, audio only. Appreciate no you coming on, man. This will be a good time. Yeah, I, I listen. I mean, it's been a couple of minutes since I had to think about the show. So uh, we'll see how, how often you stump me, which ought to be <laughs> fairly often. Uh, well, that's that's okay. It's, we're not uh, here to stump, but um, just to give you a little backstory on the show here, and then I'll jump into questions if that's all right. Sure. I, yeah, I, of course. Um, I, Matt, am a fan since childhood. I watched it as a kid. I'm a big Superman fan, but this is how I learned it, and like we'll get into it, but there's going to be a lot of compliments coming your way here in a bit. Um, Ryan is my best bud who has never seen the show, and I'm kind of curating it through the podcast. So he will have less questions today, but that's, that's where we are. Yeah. It's kind of, uh, I, I went from very curmudgeon and very resistant <laughs> to watching the show to now I'm, I'm basically a fan or, or have Stockholm syndrome. It's hard to say really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a second. So you hadn't seen the show until Matt told you about it? Is that what I just understood? Not even until he told me about it, until he forced me to do this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he, thought it, he thought it was a multicam sitcom before we watched the pilot. Yeah, I, had, <laughs> I had no idea. I remember it being right. like a kid. And um, yeah, I always thought it was more of an adult show um, with more mature themes. And that's why I didn't watch it. And then when I picked it up, I was like, oh, I understand. Oh, yeah, I totally should have watched this as a kid. <laughs> let's, just, let's just start off by saying that the first Superman movie in uh -huh. the 70s is a hard thing to beat. 
in, in general. So let's just take our hats off to the way that was done and the score to that by the probably the greatest living film composer. Uh, and let's just start off that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, can't argue with that. Um, no, that's totally fair. Um, that actually brings me to a question right away. Um, when you, I, well, I, I'd love to know when you first got involved, when you first heard about the show, who reached out to you, but then also was before you jumped in to put a pitch together or any sort of music, were you looking back on Williams and like the George Reeves show or just kind of going uh, by memory and, let me, and feeling? Let me answer it in reverse. Sure. <laughs> it's very, it's very hard with, most film idiomatic stuff for genre music other than, you know, rock and roll, heavy, heavy sort of jazz influence, whatever. It's very hard not to have John Williams somewhere hmm. in, in the corner pocket because his, you know, his harmonic and melodic language, it just is such a wide range encompassing everything. So sure. of course there's an element of that that I spe think speaks to most living composers of the last 40 years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. um, so 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 let me let me go to the first thing you asked, which is that I didn't I had no idea that this show was even being thought about. I got a call from my agent saying that the producers were going out, as is so often the case, to multiple agents to present a handful of their composers that would be interested in it. And of course, you know, the, you know, as soon as I heard, you know, Superman, I went, mm. well, that's, that's just huge. I mean, it's a huge pantheon of material and, the precedent was always just a big orchestral setting, which was great, but, you know, not an area that I had particularly spent a lot of time in, in terms of, you know, this the heroic quality sure. of it. Uh, so when I got the call, I mean, uh, this was, I guess, I want to say 1993. Does that You're sound correct. about right? Sure. Absolutely. Show debuted in 93. Yeah, September 93. So I'd assume you'd get a couple months before that you were getting a call. Oh, yeah. No, we were we were in dialogue. Thank you. We were in dialogue uh, early that year. I think okay. that, uh, you know, various. So, yes, to answer your question, of course, the initial thing that I submitted was, you know, six or seven or eight pieces of music, literally none of which had anything <laughs> to do with like the hero the heroism of superman showing up on the scene and flying mm -hmm. because i didn't have that much material that spoke to that okay. i had so a lot of other styles but one thing that caught if you don't mind my just the, just getting you to your answer oh absolutely um the thing that caught the the, the creator of the show at the time deborah joy levine so she was um on the show really just the first three or four months before Bob Singer was brought in. But anyway, she was the decision maker at that point. And unbeknownst to me, one of the things that she, I think very wisely 
wanted to speak to was leaning it towards the relationship between Lois and Clark, which is, of course, why Ryan had no interest. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but that apparently was why she was attracted enough to what I had sent uh, to have a meeting with me. So that's the uh, general background of that. That's interesting you say that, because that goes to a question I had later on, too, of you've got so many styles just in the tracks that are on the soundtrack, not even first well, looking at yeah, the, yeah. the breadth of the, the show itself. Not to um, mention your career. Yeah, that yeah. too. I've got some questions. Um, well, that's, was, that's kind of what attracted me to being a, you know, I was a, a sort of a songwriter for a very long time before I started doing movies and television. Okay. And one of the things that attracted me, one of the main things that attracted me to um, being a film composer was the diversity of styles. And, um, and of course, it's terrifying when you have to jump into a, an area that you don't have a lot of flying time in, pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so, but that's also got its own thrill because, you know, if you immerse yourself in, into something that you're not familiar with for hours, days, or weeks, then you figure out a way to make your voice interpret that language. So, um, yeah, I think the diversity of styles was what was interesting, uh, about that, that it wasn't just strictly Superman heroic and villain of the week. Yeah. It had this other stuff. Yeah. You get to play the, the rom-com of it, the kind of like wacky humor of it. Like it's, it's all exactly. really well represented in, in your music. Um, speaking as a songwriter, like you just said, I, I heard, I believe, Shirley Walker talking about um, the Superman music she did for an animated series. Uh, and she commented that in a Superman theme, she had heard John Williams wanted to make sure that you could sing the word Superman in the main part. And this is just uh, me, but since I was a kid, I have heard da-da-da-da, Lois and Clark, Superman. Was that at all? <laughs> at all? You're laughing at me, man. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing at you at all. I, that, I have to be honest because I am a songwriter and that that never showed up for me, but you are now the official lyricist of that, of that song. <laughs> you have got the job. That I'll take it. Funny. Um, when we're done here, I'll, I'll send you our... Um, acapella cover of your song that is our theme song for this podcast <laughs> and by our he, his own <laughs> <laughs> um that's interesting that's funny surely <laughs> yeah. walker wise wise uh woman um but uh no i had no i had no lyric in mind for that that was purely an instrumental uh, thematic thing <laughs> and i had a week to write it i had a week to write it so oh, it was wait. very scary so how, what kind of led to that? What, that you would think that the theme song of this big network show would have more lead time. Were you, yeah. were you just kind of up to the wire on that? I'm trying to trace back to what it was. Here's, here's <laughs> our work. So um, I guess it came down to a couple of people. I don't know who else I was up against. And then I went in and met with her, uh, I think two times. Uh, within days or a week of each other. Okay. And then she said, I, I honestly, I think I was hired. I think I got hired. And then 
some period of time went by where then I got a call saying, okay, it's time to write to, for the theme of the show. We want to, we want to get a sense of it before, you know, we, so that we know we're all on the same page. And I was given a turnaround time of one week to do, uh, to write the theme and like do a demo of it. Oh wow! Uh, which at the t- which at the time I used uh, I was using an instrument called a synclavier, okay, um, uh, which was basically a you know a big digital box that could emulate um, you know orchestra and cool. a bunch of other things. Did they? Give um, you so any- yeah, I mean, and and to go back to what that was like as at the way we started this conversation, which is the giant shadow that John Williams casts on so many things mm-hmm. i couldn't write for two or three days i was just too intimidated by the idea of either sounding anything like any of his great themes from mm-hmm. the show or you know at a certain point i what drove me was just pure fear adrenaline i went wow now i only have four days left I just have to go and see what pops up. And I wrote two things. I wrote two things. One clearly uh, didn't even pass muster for me. And the other one was the, the, the theme that you now hear, but it, but the first version had Oh, you do and, use that sometimes. That's funny. Uh, uh, well, it's very rare, but the but it's very rare that it goes down there. But the the one of the exec producers, David, what the heck was his last name? Season also, one. I don't he also did, He was the, he was a, he was he was credited on the on the pilot and I think the first handful of episodes. Anyway, he very wisely turned to me and said, those notes shouldn't go down. We have a, we have a hero. This needs to be positive enough. So that's when I changed it to the upswing, but everything else, including those big trombone uh, counterpoint lines, uh, everything else was was kind of there. And then, you know, obviously once it got approved, then a lot of uh, finessing happened, but yeah. That was uh, that was the drill. Um, now, now comes the compliment part, Jay. That music is so linked in my head as just like Superman's here. It's not even funny. I'm I'm amazed that you got that done in just a few days. That is so Pretty impressive, incredible. man. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, thank you. But you know, fear and also um, the, the 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 image. Uh, of him. I didn't even see, by the way, any imagery yet. You know, they cut all that beautiful cape flow and all that stuff to the music. Wow. wow. I never, I never, I never saw that. Did so you have just... anything to work with from them? Did they like, did you see a script? Did you had any idea the direction of the show besides, you know, the love story? I, think, I don't, I, I, I only got that verbally from, uh, from Deborah Joy, um, I think I saw a script even after the demo, because clearly the theme had to be 
Superman in all of his glory, we did not allude to, obviously, the wink in its eye stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, the love theme, the, the, the sort of, you know, cute stuff, the funny stuff uh, at all in the theme, because, you know, the directive was, well, you know, this just has to be a big uh, thing. You know what? Honestly, and I, I say this humbly, I, I, I got a little lucky that I didn't have to write it, you know, five times. Sure. But, um, you know, and, and honestly, you know, it was a little lucky. And, and, and I got a little lucky that their impression was similar to mine of what it needed to be because mm-hmm. there was all the possibility in the world that, um, that I could have been off base. So, right. um, so yeah, but thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. Oh, absolutely. It, it seems that it was just kind of your pure interpretation matched with what they were doing, and it just all fell into place that quickly. That is so cool. Um, yeah, you, that is cool. And, and, the, and then the, the, the real joy of stuff came when she illuminated, and script-wise and with, that, with conversation, that, you know, that there was going to be this whole other personality with their relationship and sort of bluesy and, and sure. cute and, 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 and sort of a wider range. So that, that's when I got much, even that much more excited, you know, because I knew there were going to be villains and I knew basically every time he was in the air, I was going to be using some version of this theme. So that added a whole other very cool dimension. Yeah, that, that is um, a, interesting too. It just listening or watching the show, like we've been doing, listening to the soundtrack, getting ready to this. It's it's impressive to me how often and how differently you use pieces of the theme to either signal he's there in the middle of a fight, or uh, even different reasons. Like he, there's one a piece of music I think from the pilot that he's just flying home to Smallville, and you use just a little right. It's just very. It's light and, and the touches when you throw it in, it, it's always exciting to hear it when you're just listening to it and watching the show. Um, oh, I'm glad. I'm, 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 I'm happy that uh, it made a few of you happy. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. Um, question for you. You mentioned the, am I saying Sinclavier, right? Sinclavier. Uh, yeah, uh, it's spelled S. It's it. I mean, there's probably a handful of them left in the world. Um, I had a, you know, it's, it was a basically a very expensive glorified synth that could, it really, it's a misnomer to say synth because it was really one of the early samplers. In other words, they oh. sampled the sounds of a cello, the sounds of a trumpet, the sounds of violins, and then you could, and it was laid out on a keyboard and you could perform it on the keyboard. So that, So basically I just, played the demo in one instrument at a time um, from the Synclavier, but it's spelled S-Y-N-C-L-A-V-I-E-R. Cool. And was that like um, a question I had is what did uh, recording over the series, over the four? I didn't didn't use it over the series. uh, The series other than a couple of episodes that were orchestra was basically me playing most things into, uh, you know, into, you know, with various synths and samplers, not the Synclavier, other things of the period. Okay. Um, uh, along with anywhere from two to five guest musicians. Cool. Oh, cool. So, and I'm, yeah. 
I'm assuming there's some guest musicians in the theme song. Were, were there specific? Oh no, the 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 theme piece was sixty piece orchestra live no. recorded at Warner Brothers Studios. Oh, that's so cool! I didn't know that. Yeah. I think yeah, I think yeah, that was for real, but maybe the rest was was synth. That is so cool. No, no, no. The the the, the theme and all the bumpers, uh, it was completely full live orchestra. Wow. Is yes. there is there any footage of that? Because that would be so cool to oh, see. Yeah. Then, oh, I, doubt, I, I wish, doubt it. I doubt I it. wish there was. I wish there was. It didn't even occur to me to do a still. We were so we were so uh, you know. There's not even a photograph. I mean, we were so yeah. sort of busy doing it because we had to do a one minute theme, a 30 second theme, a 25 second theme, about a half a dozen what are called bumpers, mm-hmm. the, the little two and three second yeah. snippets of the theme that happened, you know, when they show a little commercial five second clip of it. Believe it so or not, we, we were, use we them in the podcast from time to time. <laughs> we, do. Uh, we do. Awesome. Don't awesome. tell Warner Bros. Yeah, they are. They were, they were there. Um, they all had to be done. It was all done in three hours. Oh my uh, God. You know, uh, so, so there was, so I'm so sad to say there were no, uh, photographs from the session either but then again it was 1993 yeah. people weren't walking around with an iphone taking a picture of their lunch sure yeah. I mean? <laughs> exactly exactly it would have been more expensive yeah to to get any kind of camera <laughs> video recording back then that's fair exactly so i'm sorry to say there's 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 uh there's nothing really to show for which is really too bad no, but what an experience. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, going forward through the, the show here, uh, what in a typical episode, were you relying a lot on library cues or like when, when did you find uh, or how did you find, I guess, the balance between uh, music that was there that you would use before and deciding, you know what, this, this scene or this character, whatever it is, deserves an original piece? It's a very good question, and here is literally how it worked. Every single score was done from scratch other than when the flying theme or, or a couple of the love themed aspects, uh, maybe some Lex Luthor kind of thematic, t- you know, he yeah, didn't really have a theme. He had, more, he had more of a sound design, you know, you know, um, a tonal kind of approach, but yeah. whenever those things came up, I had my scores and I just did variations of them. Um, sometimes they were exact. Sometimes they were, you know, because, you know, maybe the first way that they showed up in the pilot might've been a two minute version. And sometimes in the episodic um, uh, stuff there, there was a 47 second need for it. So I right. would have to sort of redesign it, but no, all those scores were written every week. That's how wow. most network one-hour drama works. That that, that, know, continue, that continues today then, right, Jay? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I'm on my 13th year of Supernatural. I write a new score every week. And the difference nice. between that and Rose and Clark is that there, there are only a couple of sort of connective tissue themes in Supernatural, whereas in, in, in Lois and Clark, there was flying... There was uh, a couple of variations on sinister folk, mm-hmm. and then there was a couple of versions of love theme stuff that that were constantly uh, being used. And then you know the sort of the blues 
piano snippets that had their basic, um, you know, approach that, that was familiar. But, um, you know, that's kind of most, when you're looking at mostly most one hour dramas, Mm -hmm. yes, composers, of course, go back to their thematic material, but you have to re you have to reissue it. You can't just sort of go, Oh, well, I'll take that first minute and just reuse it. Certainly you can, if you're lucky enough that it fits, <laughs> yeah. but if your original use was 90 seconds and the new use is 38, you have to make adjustments. If wow. there have to be a beginning and middle and an end. So there's always some kind of tinkering that goes on. You're just avoiding having to write the theme from scratch but you're still placing the thematic material in a new context. Maybe with new instrumentation or new form. Very cool. I, I'm, I would like to get back to the love theme in a bit. Um, but I, I had another question for you about just kind of an arc of music that happens. And it features pretty heavily on the soundtrack that they released. Uh, I'm not going to get too into the specifics of it for Ryan's sake, because we haven't gotten there yet in the show. Uh, but there's yep. a point where Kryptonians show up um, at the end of season three into the beginning of season four. What? And at Jay, I, I listen to these tracks quite a lot. I get chills during some of them. There, there's a track on the soundtrack called Mothership that when that when it gets going, it's just... Is that the one you had? During, yes, that's yeah. the one you were talking I, about earlier, this, actually. He, he gave me a, a, a large selection of music to listen to before this and this one stood out the most to me frankly it's my favorite no. that i've heard so far so I'm, my i'm trying to you know yeah. what i i i you're gonna laugh i have to i actually have to look it up because i <laughs> i, totally I understand. It's been so long. <laughs> hold on a second you've also got 13 years of supernatural in front of that and whatever uh, else yeah. you've got yeah. some, that's a lot by the way i was a huge charmed fan it's very cool to talk to you it's <laughs> Hold on, is it this? Let me see, is it this thing? It eventually, yes. That's the theme, and then it gets into like... Yeah, Yeah. you know what? I probably haven't listened to it since like 1999. So let me, let me, let me... Oh, I see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is fun to be here as you're reliving your work. This is nice. That's so funny, guys, because honestly, I just kind of move on. But hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's another piece uh, in that same kind of arc where it's kind of going to be the big fight and the villains on the street of Metropolis. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, that was, um, you know, listen, I mean, that what I realized later, if we're talking about the same piece, was that I unwittingly took it from the Darth Vader theme of Star Wars. Interesting. Maybe that's why I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Yes. I did not do it on purpose, but, you know, it showed up, and I didn't really... I mean, it's not a... a, You know, the melody's different, and and the shape of it's different, but it has aspects that I later on I went oh okay I see where that one came from oh. so there's there's the uh, there's the Williams thing rearing its head you know sure and, and that that specific piece too when he comes in you use the theme just perfectly you know it's just that triumphant kind of cut through the darkness there 
Um, that and is by so- the way, that episode, that episode also was live orchestra. Ooh. That was another question I had. It feels like it. It feels like you guys kind of took the time and went like, this is going to be a big Let's make moment for the show. Yeah. yeah. I listen, the main, the main reason that some shows, I mean, a fair large amount of shows don't go in with a big orchestra every week is just budget. It's expensive. Now they did have the budget for the pilot and for the, and for the main title theme. And that Mm -hmm. was awesome. But then once we got into the episodics, you know, the, the, the budget was smaller. Sure. And so, um, you know, we, you know, I had to make do, but when season three came around, was it the first episode of three? I'm trying to remember. That was the first couple episodes of season four. Season four. All right. That sounds right. That sounds right. So by that point, you know, just basically, even the way it was shot, everybody just looked at each other and went, you know what, let's go with an orchestra and do this. And uh, so, yeah, but uh, I wish there were more examples of that, but at least, at least there were a few. Oh, no, it, it, um, nothing against the work that's done throughout the series, but those, those pieces have always stood out to me. Nice. It's just like, they, they took some time here. It's so cool to hear that that, that was the real case. I never say this about this show, but like, I just got chills of kind of excitement. I can't to wait to show you those show, episodes, man. It's really interesting. <laughs> I'm oh, really excited. Well, listen, really I mean, there is nothing <laughs> like a real orchestra. They're just this. I, I mean, you, yeah, could, yeah. You, could be, you could be effective you know, in emulating one in terms of the dramatic sense, but in terms of just the, the, the purity and the size of it and the dynamics and articulations, I mean, it's nothing like it. So, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the, the practical side of being a composer in television is that you have to be comfortable in both settings with a real orchestra and in emulating it with a handful of key players. And, um, you know, that's how, um, that's how I did most of Lois and Clark. You know? That's impressive. I, I, also, Lois and Clark, we, we know this having done research as we're going along. There were a lot of behind-the-scenes regime changes, for lack of a better word. Were, was anything, were, were there any effects uh, that came to you because of that? Like, was there ever a moment well, where they it, sat down and went, we're going to do more superhero, less comedy or whatever? Well, let, let me just say that I'm not exactly sure what you're referring to past the first half of the first season where Bob Singer, Bob Singer, Robert Singer came in as the main showrunner executive producer. And he, I mean, basically there were two people out of the whole initial hired post-production team producers directors sound of you know i mean just everybody uh, editors everyone was fired except for luckily me and us the sound effects um uh sound effects uh team, okay. which which we which we work with to this day because bob singer is also the the, one of the exec producers on Supernatural. Oh, I didn't realize okay. that. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, listen, he's been really loyal to me. So, um, you know. That's great. It's, uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, yeah, so to, to answer your question, there was a very dramatic regime change. <laughs> and for a couple of days when I heard about it, my agent said, oh, by the way, uh, Deborah Joy Levine is gone. 
And, you know, the way television is, I went, oh, well, then I'm a goner. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, this, is, this happened after the theme was written and, and the pilot was scored and a few handful of episodes were scored. So, um, you know, I, I, I made it through that. And, yeah. uh, but l- literally everybody else changed. And uh, but Bob stayed as executive producer, and uh, Phil Segrisha uh, was another producer on the show. And uh, I think he ended up uh, uh, both Bob and him ended up directing a few episodes. Mm-hmm. But um, they stayed on pretty much from then on. So that was that was the most dramatic regime change. And then it stayed fairly steady, other than obviously a couple of actors. Um, yeah, a couple didn't make it past season one, uh, and I know a couple um, not not Robert, but a couple EPs changed over the years. I was just wondering if that affected you. But it sounds like that sounds awesome. like not an issue. Uh, uh, EPs got added, but Bob Singer was always at the helm. Cool. Got it. Got it. That's good to, EP, to hear. Honestly. Yeah, EPs got added as they always do. You know, some people come on and then maybe they get their own show as a writer and then they go executive, you know, that's a normal mm-hmm. thing. But, um, Bob pretty much, uh, ran the show. I would say from the first third of season one, all the way till the end. Very cool. And, and, and yes, there were other executive producers that came in and out too, but, but he was, he was the guy at the helm. That's cool. Nice. He was the guy at the helm. He was, he was the boss. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so I, I want to be respectful of your time. You've been so nice to talk with us here. Uh, I know you got to go in a bit. Do you mind if I get into some geeky questions? And you can just pass. I know it's been years. So. In, into what questions? I into into very into minutia. Into some. Uh, oh is, gosh, you know, look, guys, I really mean it when I say because of my slightly limited time today. If we need to do some other little backup or anything in the next week even um i'm happy to do it but go ahead fire away that's so that's sweet awesome. of you jay i really appreciate and if it if we that. do we'll be happy to take you up on that we'll see we'll see what we get <laughs> i'm sure we'll be fine <laughs> um it, first off it it's i've already talked to you about the theme song your love theme for them uh, I hum it to myself after good dates, Jay. Like it is, it is what, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But it is. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying the idea that that actually happened. I, I no, that's, helped. no, that, absolutely. That's what romance <laughs> sounds like to me. Their love theme. Was there, first of all, was there a library queue and can we have it? Um, but was there, was there any refining of that? Were there different versions that you went through? It, Oh gosh, um, I would have to go back and just uh, sure. listen at some point. But you know, I mean, uh, let me just let me let me look at something here. Um, and what as is- a fan, my my impression of it is that you started using it more for them in season two, and then by season three, season four, like as a kid watching it, I was humming along with it. You know, like that was <laughs> always like, very for instance. Hold on a second. This that is what I consider to be one of their one of the main love themes. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. I think it's when the this is the setup for the piano. Yeah, this piano melody here, right now. We can't hear it too. That's good. 
that's that's a different one that I was thinking of. That's so funny. Okay. That, that, so, so no, but there are a couple. There are a couple. Yeah. Um, tell, tell me, tell me which one um, you're thinking of. Yeah. Why don't you hum it for us? Yeah, if, you, if you'll <laughs> indulge me. Oh. Um, ba 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 ba. Hold on one second. I didn't know I'd be singing I, so much today. <laughs> trying to stop this from playing Hold yeah, on one second. no problem no problem i love that you have stuff queued up that's yeah awesome. this is great you're you. ready to go no I'm, I'm sitting in front of my laptop and i literally went to itunes and i went okay a lowes and clark record because uh i you know that's the only reason um yeah well that's the thing the soundtrack doesn't have just a, a clean track of it just it's elements in different tracks but uh, I, i've always loved Love that theme. That I, I, I would have to look it up, and and then if I if I, you know, I'll have to do this in a few weeks. When and I'd be happy to send you a version or two once I find the various incarnations. But um, that's why I said initially that there's sort of a couple of love themes. Mm -hmm. But I I I mean they're not ingrained in my head. I mean. Once again, remember that this show yep. ended in what ninety seven, right? Ninety seven, mm -hmm. and, uh, and you've had a long <laughs> well, and happy career since then. So I understand completely. Twenty one years ago, <laughs> yeah, twenty one years ago. So um, I, I will. I'll tell you what. You know, you've got you. You know how to reach me. Send me an email in a couple of weeks, just saying. Uh, Love theme variations? Question mark. And and I'll see. And I'll sit down and I'll see if I can dig up a couple. I uh, no pressure, but you will get that email in a few weeks. Oh, <laughs> no worries. No worries. Jay, um, thank you so much for being such a gracious guest. This has right. been awesome. Just just uh, excellent to speak with you, man. <laughs> um, I, now I have a question for you guys. You guys yeah. are doing this, and who is your listening audience? You said that there's a, that there's still a couple of surviving Lois and Clark fans. <laughs> there's a few. Uh -oh. Yeah. I mean, just to speak generally, most of the people that we're talking to were fans that were watching it during the original run. Yeah. Or um, fans like me who found it a couple of years later, they replayed this show on TNT for years. To, like, to I know. Drove a hole I into know. it. Um, so I think, I that think helped, a lot of it, it helped put my kids through school. So I oh, yeah, you got those residuals <laughs> <hell> yeah. <laughs> as a daily viewer. I'm happy to have helped. <laughs> awesome. um, yeah. I don't think it's, I don't think it's on anywhere in the U S anymore. And it's occasionally on in England and a couple of other little dribs and drabs. But after about 20 years, you know, unless it's yeah, uh, Lucille yeah. Ball, you know, things right. just tend to go away. Well, you should know it is now on the DC Universe streaming app, the entire series. So mm -hmm. there, there is an, an interesting it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, and I think this is a, a big issue with streaming in general, like the, the, the nature and legality of how residuals are paid out because of streaming are super screwy and weird and new <laughs> and no one's figured it out. We are in the Wild West and <laughs> it's going to take... A couple more years, and hopefully, your writers guild and you know, ASCAP musicians union. Hopefully, just people are in the fight to just get fairly compensated because you know the yeah. end result is that if you can't make a living in these ways, who's going to do it? Right? Yeah, yeah. Then what you happens? Know? Yeah. Who's going to do it? I mean, it's one thing 
you know, uh, if somebody's got a gripe about things being too expensive, you know, that's a conversation in yeah. terms of producers going, well, I don't want a live orchestra because every time we use a live orchestra, it costs an extra quarter million dollars or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a, there's an argument to be made there about, um, you know, figuring out how to be more fair, let's say, mm-hmm. but it's, it's gone so far to the other end for, for writers and composers and actors, uh, you know, to just figure out how to get compensated, yeah. you know, and, in, in the, in the, you know, anyway, that's a whole other, that is a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for humoring me. Um, one more geeky question that I've got some, a question about your, the rest of your career. Um, yep. It, come like season three, Ryan hasn't even really seen it yet. Come season three and four, they start opening the show with a, a shot. It's a computer animated shot of the sky. A shooting star goes by the Superman crest and they just kind of fade into the action. Um, and you've obviously got some some music under that. Um, do you have any recollection of how that came around? Yeah, no, it's all good. I, I do not remember that at all. It's <laughs> so uh, <laughs> half of the show starts with that. That is so funny. That is no, so all good. You're um, gonna have to you're gonna have to send me some kind of link or something so that I can see what you're talking about. I will. Maybe it'll and maybe it'll jog my, my memory, but was the music that was used there fairly consistent or was it different every time? It was consistent, but it wasn't the theme song. It was like, dun, 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 dun. And they, it was, every episode, it was the same cue. Nice. Oh, well, maybe then, they didn't even for sure. But, but, but for sure, it was a piece of the theme then. It, 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 was, was, it, was, it was a variation on the theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A variation on the theme. So um, uh, my guess would be one of two things, that it's either one of those bumpers that mm-hmm. we cut with the ah. orchestra mm-hmm. that got used, you know, a five or a 10 seconder, whatever it was, because mm-hmm. uh, there was a slew of them, or it was something that I did after that then got used all the time. But um, yeah, so, you know, at some point, send me that and I'll be, I'm sure I'll be, it'll trigger some, kind of memory but i have no recollection of what you're describing (laughs) no no worries at all man um before we let you go here i was looking at your imdb the other day and um again like i said i'm i was a big charmed fan it was so cool to see that you were working on that um supernatural obviously uh you did a lot of work on a lot of other things you've got a credit as a vocalist for little shop of horrors can you tell us about that yeah, yeah. I, um, so in in an, in, an, in another life, mm-hmm. I was uh, you know I was a singer songwriter. Right, I had right. uh, if you actually go to my website, you'll you, you can hear little snippets of of some things. Uh, yeah, you know, um, and and you know I was in a band called Maxis that was kind of a progressive rock band, and we did one record on Warner Brothers, and then I did a, a solo album called Which One of Us Is Me as a singer songwriter. Um, in the, around the mid eighties. Um, oh, cool. I didn't realize that. We'll check that out. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, oh, I don't think you can buy it anywhere anymore. I mean, I, they've re-released it in, you know, like Japan and Sweden a few years ago <laughs> nice. for some diehard people. But so to answer your question, I started out as a singer songwriter, did a couple of records and then I started writing songs for lots of other artists. But I started also doing some sessions, background vocal sessions. So Little Shop of Horrors, uh-huh. the score, the soundtrack record to the movie, 
was produced by a producer named Bob Gaudio. He was uh, one of the singers in a band, in a 60s band called The Four Seasons. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. huge, huge, huge band. I mean, you know, like 10 friggin' number one hits. Yeah, anyway, I didn't recognize his he was a great producer and he produced that soundtrack album and called, I don't know, about six or seven of us in to do all the background vocals. And so I, okay. I have a lifelong credit, uh, <laughs> doing background <laughs> vocals on, uh, Little Shop of Horrors. That's awesome. awesome. That is <laughs> yeah. so cool. Man. What an awesome, well, first of all, your career in general, but then little charmed moments like that. That's so cool. Dude. I see. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of fun. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, we don't want to keep you up, um, but thank you so much for joining us tonight, Jay. It's been a thrill to talk to you. Totally my pleasure, guys. You guys are, you know, obviously bright and, and uh, you know, research your stuff. And, uh, Matt and does, at least. Very pleasant. <laughs> and I realize we could probably very easily talk for another hour. And so I apologize that I have to run. But if if if, if becomes a need uh, to just get another 20, 30 minutes in, take me up on it. The only thing you're going to run into is that you guys are going to remember more about the show than I do. <laughs> so. maybe, maybe we can send you a few links for specific things so we can talk about uh, some, some stuff like that. If um, we have that's it. a good idea. Yeah, if you're yeah, up yeah, for it. That's, sure. that's um, a good idea. Uh, but regardless, even if we don't do it, it's been, it's been great and a pleasure. Thanks, man. Thank you again for, for joining us and, uh, and hope to talk to you again at some point. Oh yeah. Do you want to plug what? anything before you go? Uh, no, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I'm doing supernatural and I, you know, I'm involved in writing a couple of musicals, which uh, I just had a small oh. musical open in Boston, but you know what, once that gets slightly larger, bigger legs, um, I'm happy to talk about it. It's still an early stage in it, Please, but that's sir. where I sort of do my songwriting at this point. But, cool. um, what I would like is send me this, um, send me a copy of, or, you know, or a version of the interview when you guys put it together. Oh, we'll absolutely. Do. Absolutely. Definitely man. will. And send us an email when your show gets legs and we'll be happy to promote it to yeah, our I'm a small big, fan base. <laughs> big musical theater fan myself. So I would love to talk to you awesome. about that. Love it. Love cool. it. Okay, guys. Thanks, Jay. All Jay. Right. Thanks so much. Pleasure. Talk All right. soon. Bye now. Bye. 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 Well, he was awesome. Yeah. Good oh my guy. god. That was that was so much fun. To oh talk. my god. It was just great talking to him. The funny thing is, too, like I've always wanted to talk to him. I've always been a fan of the show, of uh, the music, obviously. It wasn't until I sat down to write questions down for him that I realized I've been waiting to talk to this guy forever. Like, I have so much I want to talk yeah, to him about. Yeah, you had really great questions. That was a good interview. There was a lot of, um, there was so much more than I could have ever presented to him. So well, I'm so glad that you, you had so much. And enough that, like, his questions got me excited and made me ask questions because I was interested. Then, and then you checked them off your list. Yep. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, you wound up, by mistake, covering some of the stuff I wanted to cover. So I, was, I was frankly nervous I was going to be totally useless in this one. So I'm glad it was fun. I don't think that's ever an issue with a good guest like that. Like you're, that was you're just absolutely right. So I mean, that's, that's the thing; it can always go two ways. But he was he was so lovely. That was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. and just again for the listeners, it's just like something I can't stress enough. He just did that as 
as a favor to a stranger that sent him an email. You know, like that was very sweet. And obviously for the fans of the show too, but that's just out of the goodness of, of a very busy, very busy man's heart. So meanwhile, he's on his 13th season of supernatural. Right. When is that score due this week? Right. Yeah. Tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and knowing that show, it's got another 13 years to go. So like, he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, shout out to how hard this man works and 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 every other, uh, drama, drama television uh, composer like that's a lot yeah. of work writing a whole new 60 minute score mm-hmm. every week um, that's a lot of work and it's unsung yeah unsung you don't realize that I knew that inside having gone to film school but like <laughs> don't think about that no and how don't, quickly yeah, yeah and then it's just that it's a guy in a room making an orchestra yeah for Superman, you know, or whatever it is for, for the brothers when they're going to hell. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a guy in a room making that sound yeah. fucking awesome. Writing you know? it and bringing a few friends in. And yeah. Um, I, 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 uh, <laughs> I felt like such a dork <laughs> talking about the love theme, but it really. I was waiting for that. Cause I read your questions before we did it and I was like, Oh, this is going to be rich. I, I, <laughs> it's so real. It's, yeah. His it's response was really, really sweet though. And genuine. Like, I mean, all, all anyone wants who's creative in any way, shape or form is for someone to connect to their work. Right. Well, that's and, true. And, and I don't think you have anything to be embarrassed about. Like that's the reason he does it. Sure. I, I, for the other yous out there, you know? And I promise on all of his other shows, there's other people who've connected. Uh, maybe not on Lois and Clark, not to his fault. Right. Um, that was just a joke. But but I guarantee, like all of our well, fans are probably feel very similar. I, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I honestly, I wouldn't be embarrassed about that. Uh, and it's it's also th- like um, one question we didn't get to because we we jumped right into like I was just wondering how big a Superman fan or like what his interaction was before the show. But the way he, I mean, he jumped right in with Williams. So I'm yeah. like, you he's familiar. You're yeah. familiar with the music at the very least, yeah, you know. Yeah. But um, I, I've, that I've, question always leads to interesting conversations. Though, yeah, so. totally. Um, I've been lucky enough to see John Williams perform live. I would kill to hear this music. Done yeah, live. I know really I'm cool. in the majority when it comes to like John Williams or Lois Clark, but oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's that, so that cool. Would be a, that would be a sold out Staples Center for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that they did a live record too for the theme. I That's, didn't, but as soon as he said that, I was like, well, yeah. And that's why it sounds it so sounds, so good. It sounds like it was. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah. you assume it wasn't because it's um, TV from 1994. Right. Yeah. My question here is like, did you bring a trumpet in? You know, like, did it just like <laughs> a horn come in? Yeah. No, you had 60 fucking people. Yeah. Okay. I get. I see. Sitting with music. Yeah. Just his, uh, un- what is unreal. What was that instrument? I guess he was using. Oh, the the synclavier was what he used early on. Interesting. Thing. And then, uh, yeah, that's cool how that worked. It just, I, I don't know. Could, We're just going to keep complimenting them. Yeah, so I guess was, we should wrap fun. this up. Yeah. Um, Jay, thanks for coming again. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. You're going to get more questions, and it's your fault. But thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for the listeners... We're coming back soon. Don't worry. <laughs> We're around. We have this brand new microphone, which you're hearing uh, right now. Um, mm-hmm. I was told that the quality of our podcast, audio-wise, has never been great. I have a little bit of tinnitus, so I never really hear anything like that but yeah so we're, we're I gonna hope take a few measures to slowly improve yeah over time so and see what we can do if that has bothered people in the past it is 100 percent my fault so uh yeah. i'll apologize but also our pocketbooks like the, the, the microphones <laughs> are expensive so this wasn't a cheap microphone yeah. but i was sitting at my desk today going like we're gonna talk to a composer yeah 
who probably knows a thing or two about sound. Yeah, yeah. And my microphone is from college, which, let's check, over 10 years ago, maybe yeah. <laughs> it's time to upgrade. I guarantee this will sound better. And um, Just... Yeah, I, if, if we make a little mini sound booth, I think that would go a long way. And yeah, oh, you were talking about that, too, right? Easy to do. Yeah, if cool. If we're recording here all the time. Yeah, I'll figure that out. Anyway, enough of this Lois and Clark talk. Um, <laughs> uh, what's going on for you outside of Metropolis, man? Well, Meg and I have finished watching All of Orange is the New Black, which oh, is fun. Oh, shit. And we've moved on to Sabrina. Oh. Where's Alex? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That I like what? Okay, you know. Are we going to? Oh come on! What happened to Piper? She was such a good character. Was she? First two seasons, I thought I was sympathetic to her. At least I empathized with her. Okay, but she turned into just horrible, not interesting, lame, boring, yeah, pathetic. Um, full of herself, cocky. Like, what happened? So I never liked I you f- from the get, but okay, that's fair. but I agree that the character then even takes yeah, took a dive. Yeah, took a dive. I, I'm not yeah, also not caught up. I'm a season or two behind you guys. Okay. I think it but. doesn't get any better for her. No, sorry. It's an ensemble show. Right. That's why we watch it because we like. I mean, everybody. Captain Janeway alone is the is the show for me. Red is just yeah, unreal. She, she's excellent. Um, I love Caputo. Caputo's great. But uh, yeah, what happened? Piper and Alex's story just became not interesting, even though it was like the initial right. engine of the show. And Alex is so cool. I guess. No, just me. Okay. She's cool, but like the fact that Piper thinks she's as cool like makes her less interesting. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting to see a show that starts off with an engine like that completely change directions by the end of it and 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 succeed because I still love that show. Right. I don't care what anyone says. Anyway, so that's been cool. going on. So you've been watching Spring? Yeah, so we've been watching Spring. <laughs> Fair enough. Which is very good. Which is, I highly recommend, but we're not done. Yeah, we can't talk about this yet, but I, I devoured that shit. That was, I loved it. Um, oh, I can't talk about that. What should I talk about? I don't know. I don't even, oh! Life outside of Metropolis for you, Matthew. Yeah, I've got some... Uh, I'm reading a comic that I think I'm going to wind up loaning you eventually. Ooh, Have you ever heard of Grant Morrison's The, the, the Invisibles? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'd never read it before. I've only ever heard about it. Like, it's about gods and the universe yeah, and how things do. And he does chaos magic in the fucking book. Like, he's just... Oh. Yeah. Oh. Dude, I didn't know that much about it. I mean, like, he's... Uh, Grant Morrison is big comic writer. What has he written besides that? Because this is all I've ever So more recently, he was a big contributor for Batman for years. He gave Batman a kid. He had a whole run that he killed the kid. I've probably heard of him through you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He, he, for somehow, for somehow, somehow got just kind of glommed onto Batman for six or seven years Mm -hmm. previously. Um, But he's also just written everything. He's just right. He's touched so many characters. Like we can't sit and do this right now, you know? Well, chaos magic is really interesting to me. Yeah. And so that sounds fun. I remember Um, hearing him on a Kevin Smith podcast talk about like, he wanted to get like a communication. He wanted to do a communication ritual. So he's like, well, what's communication about? Well, it used to be Hermes. What's Hermes now? The flash. So we did like a flash ritual, you know, it was just like, that's the type of level that this guy's at to the point where, and I don't know the specifics of it. Basically at one point, the book was going to get canceled and he kind of told all the fans to do a mass ritual and you can argue whether that was the thing, but the book was saved and that's it continued. Crazy. Like that's, that's unreal. Yeah, that, anyway, that's why chaos magic is interesting to me because yeah. like the people who have done it tend to be very successful 
and really fascinating people. Yeah, you agree? Um, anyway. Anyway. Cool. <laughs> so I, I can't wait to read that. That sounds awesome. Like gods and magic and that sort of stuff I'm really into. Yeah. Which maybe that'll be my thing next week because I just started playing God of War, which is all about like this Greek god who is in like a Norse mythological world for the first time. Oh, that's cool. It's like the seventh in the game and it's not normally that, but that's the take on this one. So it's fucking awesome. It's like Wonder Woman in a Thor movie? It Kind of, yeah. Kay. In a way, exactly. I'm exactly. into that. Yeah, it's cool. It's all really right. cool. Um, well, for Lois and Clark, I mean, if you're still listening, thank you again, Jay. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, I, I, I got nothing to say. Like, we'll that was just so awesome. Yeah, that yep. was great. And we have more episodes coming down the pipe. Uh, we've gotten really busy on our end, so we're a little behind schedule. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll be caught up soon, so don't worry. We'll, we're not hiding from you. We're not quitting or no, anything like no. that. No, no. Life fact, happens sometimes. We almost, we almost were going to hide this episode and like keep it for in the middle of a run, but mm-hmm. we're, this is uh, just coming out. Yeah, so, just because you, you guys deserve something to hear. Yeah. But cool. Yeah, we'll yeah, be back yeah. with uh, with season three and, and Sean Terry Hatcher here soon. Uh, oh boy. But in the meantime, I'm Matt Truex. I'm Ryan Albertson. Folk off, everybody. Ryan.